0: No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. I was going to ask you all a favor. Uh, I feel like it's really confusing when we're talking about this movie because it's called King Kong and there's another movie called King Kong, you know, King Kong. So I think we should call it Dwan of the Planet of the Apes. (laughs) 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 Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit.
1: I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo.
0: And today we are talking about 1976's *Dwan of the Planet of the Apes*, also known <laughs> as King Kong. Um, but first, we gotta ask Charlie. It's your pick for next week. What are we? What are we talking about next time?
2: I was trying to decide between two different things, and then I went to see something the other night, and I said, "Well, this is one of my favorite movies, so I'll just choose this instead." But then I realized that was a bad decision because my copy of it. Has four different commentaries. Yeah, four different commentaries. It's gold. It's <laughs> but at gold least I on. watched it the first time already. So is there I anybody choosing... you watched it with that we don't know? What
0: is there anybody you've ever watched this with that we've never heard of?
2: <laughs> I like can't. Is there an audio media This is for the Patreon subscribers who have our visual feed. They can tell the other people this, but... I can't even tell what it is I'm like in the sky. It cold. is uh, Ricky-O, Story of Ricky. Uh, one of my favorite okay. movies by the great Nam Nai Choi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he's one of my favorite directors, so I should probably figure that out. Um, but there's four <laughs> commentators on here, so I'm sure I'll figure out the pronunciation <laughs> at some point. <laughs> hey, so neither of you have seen it? No, nope are you, are you familiar with it at all? No, okay. Never heard of it till
0: this moment, and I think when you posted it on Twitter a while it, ago
2: it is um, yeah, it's insane. uh lots of lots of violence, A uh, prison and uh a a um superhumanly strong young man who fights through the hierarchy of the prison. Um uh, fuck yeah. And he can punch holes right. he can punch holes through people, so it, And can
0: you say the name one more time
2: in case sorry. people want to hunt it down it to listen next time? Ricky Story of Ricky.
0: Hell yeah. Love it. Cool. Very cool. Well speaking of feature films,
2: Charlie, do you want to tell us what this movie's about? Oh boy do I. It's King Kong. It's the plot of King Kong. If you are unfamiliar with that plot, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. The ape is hornier, the plot plot devices are oilier, the pacing is (laughs) boringlier, the viewer is hornier, the the effects are more Italian, and it advised me to use the Twin Towers instead of the Empire State Building. But, it's King Kong. It's King Kong, (laughs) (laughs) baby. A.K.A. Duana... Dwan of the Apes. Dwan of the Planet.
0: Of the, Apes. the A. It's like Dawn, but the A and W are switched. Yeah, so you remember
1: it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. Okay, so so I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I walked away from this movie last night. I fell asleep in the middle of it, and I got up. I finished it. I rewatched. What? I rewatched the part I fell asleep at during. Um this it's morning. It's so riveting. Did you accidentally watch the
2: three hour cut?
1: No. Still already believe you would no, have fallen it, asleep. It, it was mind boggling to me to imagine that there was a three hour cut of yeah. this movie. What yeah. how much more B roll could there possibly be in this film? But <laughs> So I went to sleep thinking like this is a really boring movie. And then I woke up thinking like, no, not only is this a boring movie, it's like a stupid, an evil movie. Like 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 Whoa, bad, what, bad, bad, bad. Like like That's why we call it the woke mind virus. Yeah. The the one that infected me while I was sleeping last night. Maybe when you woke up like... and thought
2: about
1: it. <laughs> i love this it's not just
0: boring and dull it's evil it's (laughs) bad it's the
1: most racist movie that we've probably covered here and there's been like a number of really really racist ones i i don't know this was like a truck the more i thought about this film the more troubled i became (laughs) by it
2: so uh had either of you seen this before no uh really quick i want to throw out I watched uh, Stream Factory Blu-ray release of this um, and I watched uh, a bunch of the special features on it. Most importantly I watched uh, I watched the first commentary on the disc which is not listed on this back, on this disc um, and then I watched half of the Rick Baker commentary which wasn't actually commentary, it's just Rick Baker talking about his thing and they overlaid it what he did on the movie and they overlaid it on top of the film. But anyways, um but, yes, yeah, so I'll be drawing from uh, the Screen Factory disc of it. But, no, this is my first time ever seeing it. I remember when the specific disc was uh, announced, like it was a big thing among uh, Blu-ray collectors. Like People were like, holy shit, this is such a great, fantastic announcement. Oh, my God, it also has the TV cut. And I had known that this movie was like considered not good, so I thought maybe, like that was just like a bullshit consideration and like actually you know to real film heads and the people like me who are into kind of what is usually conceived as shittier stuff um schlocky it was actually good but no this movie sucks (laughs) Um, so that's what i was gonna ask next was what was your conception
0: of it going in so you knew it sucked what about you Barto? so
1: I also so I've seen the original King Kong once when I was about 11 years old. And then besides the two Godzilla versus Kong movies, I've never seen another King Kong movie. Uh, And so this is my first time watching this again. When I went to bed, I actually thought it was better than like I had imagined it was going to be like I thought it was going to be there were there were things about it uh, that I thought were really cool. Like like King Kong's facial expressions and stuff like that yeah. were like mm-hmm. awesome. And I actually thought some of like the sets and things like that were like great. I don't know who told them this had to be to clock in over two hours, but otherwise I thought it was like <clears throat> fine enough. It w- again, it wasn't until I woke up that I was like, oh no, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I had seen it before and I had no consent. I thought it was going to be cool. Like I was kind of excited for it and I didn't like it, but I liked it even less this time. And it's just a trip. Like my letterboxed, the people I follow, it's the only reviews are people being like, this movie gets too much hate. Mm-hmm. There, uh, people are, people aren't fair. They compare it too much to the first, which is like, first of all, Sure, the first movie is one of the greatest movies of all time. It's like groundbreaking. You can't compare it to that. But second, yes, you can. It's a remake of that. Yeah, <laughs> like you absolutely can. And but yeah, there are things that I think are cool in this and that I appreciate, but it's so fucking slow. A lot of mm-hmm. it is because they were like, well, we don't have the money to do the dinosaurs, so we just have to draw out
2: other stuff, which is, but No, you didn't. We could have
1: done something else.
2: But wait, wait, wait. This was the most expensive movie ever made at this time. Yeah,
1: but that's because yeah. they spent $2 million <laughs> making a giant robot that did not work. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the robot looked like shit. Yeah. I will say, though, it
0: is interesting that, like, it's very interesting that after all this time, we got to American Soupmation. And... That this is when you're getting American suitmation. And it's that is pretty cool. The facial expressions are cool, but it's not enough,
1: man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough. Well, I mean, I I forget. I read a couple articles about like the making of this movie and what a fucking bungled ass pro litigious and just nutty process it was. Yeah, one of the things that they talked about was the hype for this movie was that that we are not doing pseudimation. That is, that is old. That is what they're doing in Japan. The the hype for this movie was that we have a fucking 40 foot robot that is going to be the character. And then when they realized they could not make a 40 foot robot work, $2 million out of the $16 million budget, they,
2: (laughs) there's so much more of that. So I mentioned Rick Baker did one of the commentaries and he was just talking about his experience on the film. He single-handedly in my opinion saved this film as much as it was saved cuz so the, the main effects artist was uh, Carlo Rambaldi who um did the dune effects on uh, David Lynch's dune which were great. Um he did ET. Like he's a legendary Italian uh, uh special effects artist. But Basically, they approached Rick Baker, who was 25 at the time, to help out on this movie. And he was like, I'm working on Squirm. Um, uh, Let me do some stuff with that and I'll get back to you. And by the time I got back to him, they were like, oh, we actually decided we're doing a 40-foot robot. And uh, Rick Baker is like, that's not going to work. That's insane. There's no way that that's going to be able to do what you want it to do. And then they, like, got back to him and were like, well, you're going to need, like, an ape costume to kind of, like, fill in the gaps here and there. So, why don't you come <laughs> in and join on that? So, then he came and joined. But then Carl Limbaldi was still in charge of, like, all that stuff. And they wanted an ape-person hybrid. And uh, Rick Baker was like, no, it's fucking King Kong. It's a gorilla. And the reason why he wanted to be on the film is because he loved King Kong since a kid. He always wanted to make a perfect uh, gorilla suit for a movie and basically him and uh ribaldi both made their own separate costumes and he made his he finished his way before Rimbaldi's and then uh they were using it for like test footage and stuff and then Rimbaldi's came out and uh the director was like this is the biggest piece of shit i've ever seen this fucking 25 year old kid made this amazing suit that's way better than yours and we spent so much time and money on yours what the fuck and at that point Rick Baker felt so like tossed aside he left uh the shooting but then they like convinced him to come back and they can- and since because his suit was better and it was molded to him he was the actor in the suit and they started shooting stuff with him in that suit and yeah basically wild. Yeah, and then uh they had they were making the face and they had both him and Rivaldi sculpt their own faces and they they did a blind um choice to s- decide whose face they would use and it was Baker's face they chose uh for all the facial expressions and stuff and he was the actor in it. He um uh yeah, he basically saved this movie in my opinion because that's the best part of the movie is it's like uh it, it's wild to think
0: that this is the saved version of the yeah. movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, saved in the sense of the effects of King Kong, I think generally looks pretty good, yeah. and his facial expressions are great. I think his, yes. the movement and acting is great, and that's Rick Baker, who, if you're unfamiliar with Rick Baker, he's the special effects legend, but this was before he was a legend. He was a fucking 25, okay. 26 years old. For, um, for, sorry, I know we're still on the intro, and I just went on a long tangent there. No, I'll but get I'll get it, dude. <laughs> it's just crazy hearing about how kind of like tossed aside and how they kept deferring to Rimbaldi even though Rick Baker kept showing him up and then they weren't even going to credit him at the end because they wanted to be they wanted the headline to be 40 foot robot so they were still insisting to people that the main Kong was a 40 foot robot but then there was like an article that, that came out that was like actually there's somebody acting as a robot uh, a- acting as Kong in a in a Kong suit and they're like fuck I guess we have to admit that there's also another Kong so that's why in the end credits uh, they finally like um, credited uh, like with a special appreciation to Rick Baker or something yeah. like that
1: <laughs> that's oh, the first thing interesting I was trying yeah. to figure out why that happened Yeah, it was out of nowhere. I I do just Uh, want to say, there is only one perfect ape suit in all of film history, and that is whoever made the ape suit for the Patterson-Gimlin film. The perfect (laughs) ape suit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For uh, what film? Is is that the most famous? That's Uh, the most famous one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's incredible. Yeah, gotcha. It's
1: incredible. It puts this King Kong shit to shame. I've still, I still have no idea. <laughs> well, they. anyways.
2: Uh, Baker's costume, they, they put, a, like, a bunch of different things on it. Like, they insisted there was bear fur on it, and he was like, bear fur isn't going to work. And they're like, no, no, we're going to put bear fur on it. And then they, like, had to, like, trim it down because bear fur was like fuzzing up and shit like that. And they had to do like all this stuff to it. And Baker himself was like, the costume looked like complete shit. The only reason why it looks good on film is because the cinematographer was so good. He knew how to light it and present it. Um, so yeah, Baker would agree with you that this, uh, calm costume sucks. Uh,
0: (laughs) It sounds like the whole production was, like, dudes who don't know how to make movies in an office on cocaine. Well, Very <laughs> Like, much. getting really excited about ideas that they
2: can't pull off.
1: Very much. Well,
0: just make a 40-foot robot. No one's ever done that. Why hasn't <laughs> yeah. anyone done that? <laughs>
2: it's so insane. I mean, it's sad because apparently Dino Laurentis is just, like, his uh, baby. He was, like, obsessed with getting a remake of King Kong made. And from, like, interviews with people um, – on this disc, they're all like, yeah, Dino Laurentis is like super nice, super awesome. He's like the greatest producer we've ever worked with. So it's kind of like s- sad that it generally speaking, I'm not a fan of producers, but he seems, I don't know a lot about Dino Laurentis, uh, despite how famous he is and how many movies I like that he's made. But it sounds like this was a project he really loved and he was great to the people that worked on it. And, um, yeah. Uh, one thing was that, uh, RKO sold them the rights to this movie, but universal claimed that RKO was, gave them a verbal contract and they sued Dean Laurentiis and RKO and Dean Laurentiis originally was supposed to be made like a couple of years later, but he assumed that the production that put out the first movie would have the upper hand in the legal battle. So he had to rush ahead the movie, um,
0: yeah, the the legal stuff with Kong, which we shouldn't go into here because it it, like I've listened to like two and a half hour podcast episodes just about like the legal status of Kong because it's so convoluted and weird. It's like the weirdest legal shit ever. So that makes sense that they were racing. Um, well, uh, do y'all have any more f- like just general thoughts about this movie
2: before we dive into specific stuff? My first general thought was that it was. I think I said something along the lines that it was actually terrible. I don't think it was necessarily terrible, but um, it's just overall it's a boring movie and it doesn't deliver what it should deliver.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. And it feels like it has some of the weird things that the original does where, I mean, if I compare it to the original, it's like basically worse in every way, even though the original had like more racists probably making it, this one Mm. became that way more. And like, it has this, problem of like you know i think this movie is trying to point out certain things that it like is guilty of and doesn't know it's guilty of like it's so it's like almost it's like it's trying to be feminist and it's like
2: cocky about it and it's so fucking sexist and weird i felt like it was trying to mocked Dwan with that feminism but then that's part of the problem too right (laughs) I I, I felt like I liked Dwan but I felt like it was trying to make this caricature uh, and it was being like super mean to her in the first half of the movie but then in the second half of the movie it seemed to be like trying to redeem that original negative uh, light it shone on
1: her Um, I I don't know dude I don't know I feel like I I, I don't know either so like, let's dive into this so first. I, <laughs> let's do I it. agree wholeheartedly that like they start her off. She's supposed to be a fucking kook. Like she mm, she's yeah. into. It. Oh. astrology and she sees like a divine there's like a cosmic thing that happened because she chose I mean her origin story is so fucking weird she's on a yacht going to be (laughs) put into a movie and the, the men who are fucking perverts on there were like we're gonna watch Deep Throat together and she's like I'm not gonna watch that I'm gonna go onto the yacht and then the yacht explodes you know like yeah well, a weird origin story, but she thinks there's something like cosmic about like her choice not to watch the pornography which left her alive. You know she's supposed to be kind of a loon and uh but at the end of the I don't think she's really redeemed at the end, you know at the end, you know they're they're running away from Kong and she's with Jack, uh Jeff Bridges, and she's like, Buy me a drink, buy me a drink, you know, like Yeah, what? And I I don't know. I don't I don't know if there's any point like I do think they're trying to do this thing, maybe, where she's there's something about like her liberating herself sexually. You know, she has that line like when she's um when they're on the boat and kong is in the the cage and she goes onto the cage and uh jack is like you know get off of there and she's like don't come any closer or i'll jump you know i think it's supposed to be about like her own sexual liberation and to us normal people that's like a good thing <laughs> but i don't think the film sees it that way
2: i was just going to have a couple different readings of some of the parts there Like with uh, the deep throat thing, I didn't think she thought it was necessarily something cosmic and important. I thought she was just kind of like joking about it. Like, maybe uh, making a joke, like, isn't it ridiculous that, you know, my life depends on me not going to see deep throat? Have you heard or something like that? And uh, with her going to get a drink, I thought that was just, look, I'm exhausted. We're. You know, say from from Kong, he can't cross a river. You wrote about that yourself. Let's just let's just uh, rest for a minute. Uh, Let's just rest right here. I didn't think necessarily. It's just like, hey, let's get a drink. Let's get a drink. It was more just like a kind of a more fun natured way of saying, look, we can we can rest for a second.
0: The, I can't the first part I agree with you on the second like I can't imagine anyone in a theater watching this is not going what are you doing what a stupid thing and she's not fun natured she's so whiny like come on buy me uh, buy me a drink buy me a drink like it's, she's exhausted
2: it's, they've been running for blocks and I know but it makes sense to me because like how would Kong be able to uh, exactly pinpoint where they were which she was able to do but how the fuck was that possible (laughs) yeah
0: but she doesn't say that any of the things you're saying like they purposely had her just repeat the same line over and over and over which makes her look stupid and weird
2: but she did point out that in his book he wrote that gorillas can't cross water or don't not can't but don't swim through water Totally. But she didn't give a reason
0: that was reasonable about why she wants a drink. She just whined about it and said, it'll be safe.
1: I, I immediately went to like a nine eleven illusion. Like, yeah, I'm in the bottom floor of the, the building and I got hit by a tower and I escaped and I'm in I'm no longer in midtown. I'm kind of by like Central Park. And I was like, whoo, OK, time to go get a beer. would just be like the weirdest response. Not just time to go get a beer.
0: (laughs) Not just time to go get a beer. I don't care what the person next to me feels like doing. I don't give a shit that they're also traumatized and just escaped. I want to make them buy me a drink. Like, it's fucking weird. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. I don't think she did want him to buy her a drink. I think they had been running for a long time, and she was exhausted and couldn't go on. So, she was just saying, I need to rest. And she was doing kind Mm. of more of a kind of playful way of being like, look, we're at a, there's a bar right here. Buy me a drink. Not that she wanted a drink. She just needed it's to sit down and playful. rest. It's not
0: playful. If somebody's saying no and they look scared and they're stressed and they look scared, it's not playful anymore. You got to be like, I need to rest. You got to yeah. like state your needs, not be a fucking weirdo. Yeah. she's like, that's it's, it's so weird. So inconsiderate. It was so weird. But I want to go back to like, so the movie – I don't know what the movie is necessarily trying to say with Duan. It's so confusing. I agree with you. Uh, I don't remember which one you said it, actually. But, like, that early on it seems to be, like, making fun of her. But, like, the problem is it's the movie is like, oh my god, can you believe this woman? But the, but the movie and the main character, as soon as she arrives, all they care about is her. Yeah. Like, the movie just suddenly is playing the Dwan love theme and focusing on her and showing her in other outfits and it's like, We had this other story going, and if she's supposed to be dumb, why is the whole movie revolving around her now? Why is Jack, who's supposed to be our hero who cares about protecting apes, suddenly, like, we get to the island and all he's doing is taking pictures of her. And he it, like, undermines him as a character. It undermines the film. It's so weird. It's gross and weird.
1: Yes. Yes. And, I mean, we're touching on why I think this is just, like, an evil film. But, yeah, like i It feels like it has to be intentional like in in the sense that like I mean at the end of the movie, Kong has fallen, and she's in a crowd of people, and she's overwhelmed and this is like the third time she's like in a big crowd of people um and is basically unsafe and in that moment, Jack sees her where she's she's looking for him. And does not go to her, you know. Like Jack at the end is like the loser; he loses. We are not supposed to like. I don't. I. I don't think by the end of the movie we're supposed to identify with Jack at all. I don't know who we're supposed to except as the idea that like we and I'm going to say as like white men are kind of like losers. Um, and and I don't mean that in the sense of like. I I mean that in the sense that this movie is um in uh very racist and um like has all of has a bunch of like conservative social anxieties um that like are bubbling up through it.
0: I'm kind of confused by your reading of Jack cuz like at the end I definitely feel like If if anybody, I am supposed to identify with Jack. And, like, my big question that I don't know the answer to is, like, I have some ideas maybe, is, like, why doesn't she go to him? Like, she – or why doesn't he go to her? Like, she – he won her in a way. Like, he – she wants to be with him. She's yelling his name. She's like, I don't care that you're associate professor, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm wondering, like, oh, is this – like, it makes me think that they're trying to make – like, there's there's all these critiques of Hollywood and, like, uh, showiness and advertising and whatever. And she's surrounded by cameras, the, looking like a star, yelling his name, and he won't go. And I think of that as a further critique of that. But I don't think of it as a critique of
2: him. According to the commentary watched, uh, so this was, you know, an era of bad, um, depressing endings or whatever. The original ending to this movie was um Jack turned around and walked away. The implication being that he previously had said that he wouldn't he he was just, you know, an ape professor. He wouldn't be able to to be able to be satisfactory in her her uh star wanted to be a star and he would never be able to provide with her the way that she wanted to be and he sees all these reporters surrounding her he sees her as now she's the star that she wanted to be so now he can provide her so he originally didn't have him walking away test mm. audiences didn't like that so instead they just have him a more ambiguous of him uh just kind of Walking in the crowd, then stopping and staring. And Fucking then... test audiences, man. No,
0: yeah. we can't change it, so we'll just make it, like, the same thing but weaker. Like,
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: Uh, I'm just a lowly ape professor. I love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think the ending is a little more, like, psychosexual than that. And that this whole film is about Jack and his control over Dwan, like his control and access to Duan uh and her sexuality. And Interesting, uh, yeah. You know I could see that. The I think the ending is two things. Cause the ending is sort of, you know, it's a crowd of people surrounding her, just like like acting like savages, you know, like it is very much like who are the real savages, you know, compared to the group of people at the the indigenous people at the island who uh, gave her away to Kong. And but the the other thing is there was the the previous crowd of people when Kong is in chains uh, and she's being theatrically put on display for him. She's surrounded by a crowd of people, uh, and Kong faces the same dilemma that essentially Jack did, but he reaches out and grabs her. You know, so my my basic premise of this film when I watch this is this is like like anxiety about cuckolding. This whole movie plays out that way, and um, Jack at the end of the movie, in my reading, is just sees her as essentially used and does not does not go to her anymore.
0: I could definitely see that reading especially like Charlie and I talked in our King Kong episode way back about how A lot of people would read the first movie as like anxieties about black men who were depicted as apes all the time back then in the 30s uh, taking our white women or whatever. Um, And that maybe this movie is looking at that and expanding it to like worried about, you know, uh, ideas of fame taking our white women from us or Whatever, all these different things, but, like, either way that, like, she's an object and, yeah, I, I I could see that reading for sure.
2: The commentary also points out every time they're about to kind of, like, consummate the relationship, uh, Kong comes and um, yes. Kong in some way uh, tears it apart, whether it's through... You know, she, she yeah. gets kidnapped to be Kong's bride, or um, they're on the boat and she goes to calm Kong down. Right when they're about to have sex, they're in the bar, and then all of a sudden, yeah, uh, she gets torn away by Kong, and yeah, uh, interesting. I mean, I don't. You could definitely
1: read that in there on a subliminal level. Um, I mean, and then there's like there are several, like. Big phallic images that all of which King Kong defeats. You know the the lock of the gate is mm-hmm. incredibly phallic. The giant snake that Kong wrestles and kills also to protect um, Dewan. Uh, the rock towers uh, that become the the um, twin, twin towers, towers later. Um, that's like a Klingon dick. They
0: got two of well, <laughs> them. So, yeah,
1: but you know, you the the rock towers at the site of, you know, Kong's sexual assault of Duan, Um, and, uh, the giant gas pump that he is in and then, you know, gets out of and gets freed, you know? Um,
0: yeah, totally. I hadn't picked up on any of that, but I, I definitely think that's in there.
1: The, Oh, the only thing I just want to add to this is that please, um, I guess two two quick things um, is that again Jack's ability to like possess Dwan is tested a bunch of times um, but several times like uh, both times Kong is kidnaps her but and also when she like playfully runs across the beach in Uh, which he which Jack then responds to with like violence you know this is like about his control of her you know it's not like he hits her but he like grabs her arm and is you know violent with her
0: yeah like definitely treating her like a child too not I mean like like a lot of people treat wives or uh, like
2: I mean in, in that point like I get why he's afraid but also like just say to her like hey I think there's crazy shit on this island. No, oh,
1: yeah. He he okay. And of, she's
0: a whole ass person.
2: Yeah.
1: Like she so he might, just like and she yelled at him like, to run
0: faster. Don't go like, away. fuck it. Like yeah.
1: and yeah. And then the the last thing on this point is just um I there was like this I noticed this big parallel between Don, Duan, sorry, Dwan on the boat. Yeah, get it right. Sorry. <laughs> Duan on the boat. <laughs> Dwan and who? Uh on the boat and then Duan, after she's first captured by King Kong or given away as a bride in the sense that both times she's like literally stuck. You know, she has the edges of the boat and Kong is doing this thing where he's like putting his hand down to like create a yeah. border where she is. And in the same respect, right when she got on the boat and she's passed out, one of the sailors is like casually talking about taking off all her clothes and presumably like assaulting her while she was asleep. Uh, whereas again, Kong actually did that, you know, just took off her clothes and, um, But, again, we're talking about, like, you know, uh, conservative anxieties. She likes it more or less when Kong does it. You know, that's sort of implied by her defense of Kong in the end.
0: Well, and there's, there's some weird stuff in there where, like, after he undresses her and stuff, or like, I I don't know exactly what it is, but there's a point where her tone switches to like being really supportive and nice. And I read that as like, Oh, she's dealing with an abuser. She knows she has to be supportive and nice or she'll get treatment like back. But you could also, um, read it as like conservative fears that she'll like it.
1: You know, I initially, I agreed. Like when I, watched it initially, that was my thought too, was that like, oh, this is how you deal with a guy who's incredibly dangerous. You speak like this. But when um I forget his name, uh the uh Fred, is that his name? Yeah, Fred Wilson, the the oil guy, is like that that monkey was gonna rape you or whatever. She's like, No, he wasn't. You know, she yeah defends his actions, too.
0: In some weird ways. So, okay, so I think this reading is really helpful for me because there's certain things that stood out to me that didn't make any sense that I'm like, oh, if I read it this way, it makes some sense. Like, fucking one of them is Jack's jealousy. Like, literally says the ape had the right idea and then makes out with her, which is the weirdest yes. fucking shit I have ever seen. Yes. Um, but also... Her, like, calling being kidnapped and assaulted a blind date is a very weird thing for yes. them to put in the movie. Um, and there are things where people, like, people, this, I mean, this is kind of a bigger thing, but one of the problems with the movie to me is like, they call the ape a chauvinist pig. And they'll yell that at him, but they won't yell that at, like, the guy who was like, you should all leave. I'm going to undress this unconscious lady. Yes. Um, they'll only yell it to a certain kind of person. And, yeah, I mean, I just – this this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. But, like, it feels like the film is like, stop sexualizing her. And then the film is just sexualizing her all the time. Yeah. Um, like, the film is like, look at all these men who can't stop ogling her. And then the film just ogles her for fucking so long. One thing I wanted to bring up that is, like, related to this, but interesting what they decided to keep from the first movie and what they decided to get rid of. So, the like, Wilson is basically our Carl Denham equivalent. Would you agree with that? Like, Charlie, would you agree with that? Yeah, Fred. Yeah. Um, so, Jack Prescott is, I believe, the name of the guy. At least his name is Jack in the original King Kong. But he is the biggest misogynist I have ever seen in a movie. Like, he's literally (laughs) in the movie saying lines. I think you quoted him in our episode, Charlie, about him, like, saying, like, women shouldn't all this stuff. Like, he's horrible, but she falls in love with him Mm. anyway. So it's such a weird thing to keep that one character name, change all the rest, but have him be, like, the supposedly the least – like, the guy who's, like, not as creepy as everyone else, but – This is making it make more sense to me because he kind of is. Do you all
2: know why her name is Dwan? Because I have a theory. I mean, she was just because she wants to be a big star. I just figured her name. I figured her name was Dawn and she thought that was too ordinary. So she she chose Dwan. So she's a replacement for the character Anne Darrow. First two mm. letters of
0: Darrow D W first or first and last letters of Darrow D W first and last letters of Ann A N D W A N it's just <laughs> those letters of Ann Darrow like put in order it's, I mean, it's so, funny. so
1: weird Dwan is a horrible name <laughs> and
2: like,
1: Dwan I kind of I kind of like the name Dwan. I kind of like no you don't I, I dig it hate oh. it <laughs> thank you Charlie no we got to knock some sensitive it's
0: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposed to be like that. The film is making fun of yeah, her, yeah. but it's like, it. So it's like, what are you making fun of though? Like the only woman, in, woman in the movie. Where's the woman that's not a fucking idiot? Like,
1: you know, like. Yeah, it's so. It's so frustrating it's just the one of i can't believe you made me watch this movie i like i i've been reeling all afternoon thinking about this hey, you
0: signed up I, for this you knew we were
2: watching this you asked I, I i don't fully agree with all of your readings here but um and it is it is interesting that uh both jack and kong um are aries uh or she sees kong as aries also when you see Jack saving her from Kong in the on Skull Island he's shirtless and hairy and like carrying her like i felt like that was supposed to be a visual um uh
1: i, I think they're just trying to do a visual comparison there um i think so too i think you're right yeah but i think he was like you know before that moment he keeps giving this look like, it happens on. T- uh, I don't remember if he's on top of the World Trade Center Towers, but like, when that is all going down, he keeps giving this look where like his mouth is just like hanging open and his like eyes look like they're like popping out and he like can't do anything. He's just like staring. He does the same thing when he sees Dwan um, on Skull Island with Kong. And it's just like, it's just this like look of impotence you know like there's like he just can't do anything but but he comes out as the the hairy strong man like kong to rescue her the first time but by the end of the movie he cannot do that he could just stare there's nothing else in him so
0: one of the weird things about like this idea that and I, I I feel like it could fit in what we've been talking about, but one of the weird things about the idea that like he can't control her and he doesn't get her is that she ask him if they should get married in a very strange way like the guy literally wants it to be a publicity stunt and she's like should we I don't know should we and Jack just won't answer and there's a lot of times in this movie where I'm like why did Jack not have a line here why is he just being really <laughs> silent this is fucking creepy and weird she's just like hey and he's just quiet and silent it's like aren't you a fucking professor dude don't you know how to talk like what's going on anyway because she asks dude what do you think should we get married and he's just silent and I, like... I can
2: tell you exactly what's going through his head what? she's one of the hottest women probably the hottest <laughs> woman he's ever had a chance with but that's also like an insane proposition he doesn't know her at all and she's yeah. like should we get married and he, and he has this thing going on his head like holy shit look at this woman but also like I, I don't fucking know her. <laughs> That's fair.
0: I I meant I agree with that fully on a practical level. I meant if the thing about him wanting to control her so bad is correct. Yes. Why the choice of her not? You know what I mean? Like, but, how does it fit but, into that reading? Not.
1: Yeah. Also, the the way in which they decided to uh put this wedding together as like a theatrical experience is that kong is giving her away to him she is True. made to be yeah, humiliated right. so, at the it totally wedding fits. it's crazy yeah uh i wow god here's to all the future children of kong you know like, there's yeah. so much stuff in this movie that is just fucking baffling. And and it Sorry, yes, go. No, I just want to say
0: yeah, they have a giant animatronic suit kong sexually assault the woman in it. And like in the in the original, there was all these implications and she's screaming for her life and this was way creepier because she like Kind of liked it, and you watch her use his giant finger to take her bra off, and it's, or whatever, and it's so fucking weird. It's just so bad. And then the ape had the right idea. The ape had the right yeah, idea. It's is what he says. Crazy. Okay, yeah. So this movie, I feel like right when you start it, it's like, boom, this is an environmental movie. Like right off the bat, right? They kind of hit you over the head with it. Y- yeah. But then they complicated
1: a little, yeah, a little, so <laughs> if again, what I think that Jack is like the loser of this movie ultimately it it feels the environmentalism feels like tacked on to the sex and violence, and is not so much like a thing of itself, um and in fact, by the end of the movie, it feels like it's saying it's announcing the powerlessness. Of environmentalism itself and suggest that the there's there's not so much a real problem with extractivism.
0: Okay, I want to know how you got there, but I want to back up because that's a huge... Yeah, yeah, let's go back. Sorry. Huge thing. Yeah. I am not there. I definitely think Jack is supposed to be the hero of the movie. I don't know what you think, Charlie, but that's how I read it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that I do think this movie fairly successfully it but on a surface level at least is trying to show environmental like like oil companies as greedy and only caring about themselves letting people die because they want to beat exxon and uh shell to an island that exxon and shell don't even know about um just like it, it, it is very funny actually on a meta level that like this guy in the movie <laughs> i just realized this uh this guy in the movie fred wilson is claiming it's gonna be the best oil strike ever it's gonna be <laughs> the best oil strike ever and the fucking director can't take the own the same lesson of like i'm gonna be better than jaws we're gonna have a 40 foot <laughs> fucking monkey that's incredible <laughs> the, he didn't buy it. like that's amazing but I just want to throw out a couple of things I do like. Like, I, I, I do like that Fred Wilson is shown to be, like, to have, you know, psychopathic fucking capitalist syndrome where he, like, he, like, he's accusing Jack of being him. Like, Jack is like, I'm a monkey scientist, Dr. Man, whatever he is. And he's like, you're a liar. You're from an oil company. Who would you pay (laughs) off in Washington, you crooked son of a bitch? But he had just said he paid off people in Washington for the map. So, like, I do think they fairly successfully characterize that kind of... Shit, And I do think that we are supposed to, like the first movie and like most kaiju films, find Kong's death as tragic, which then Jack saying that he supports the SPCA, like the money towards it is supposed to be a good thing. I think Dwan, like actually caring, like her biggest, the biggest positive of Dwan shown in the film is that she actually cares about this ape. It Mm. is complicated by what this ape does, but I do think... I think that's fairly successful. I know you might have a different view, Barto or uh, uh, Charlie. What do you, What do you think about that?
2: Oh no, I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess it's kind of going away from your point, but I also thought um, Charles Grodin, who plays uh, Fred Wilson, uh, he tried to put some more um, comedy into his character than uh, what the script originally had and a lot of people were pissed off at him. But um as far fucking Charles Grud, he's hilarious, he's he's great at being a comedic curmudgeon, and I think that really added to the character and um and the oil executive being kind of more of a buffoon, a comedic buffoon than uh than more of a straight-up caricature, I guess. Uh, but. And I,
0: I like that the movie and Jack, like, compare him to Cortez. Like, Wilson mm. says, I always wonder what Cortez felt when he spied the incitator. He's connecting himself to Cortez, yeah. and the academic is like, actually, it wasn't Cortez. It was Pizarro, <laughs> yeah. and he got busted for it. Not, like, there's things in the movie that I'm like, you did that right. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, I don't know. But, but, yeah, God, I mean, was... I definitely think... Um And, you know, oil discussion was big in the 70s. As he says, there's an oil crisis. Uh, I think 73 was when there was a big oil crisis going on. Um, So this is still a big effect. Uh, so, so obviously, changing from people trying to make a movie to people going for oil, I think, was very effective for the 70s. And I think they, I don't know, I generally thought they effectively portrayed... Them as the back. I I mean, I agree with everything you said, basically.
0: Before we get to your point, Barto, because I'm excited to get there, just building a bridge there. Uh, I really felt the influence. I don't know if y'all did of Godzilla of King Kong versus Godzilla in this, where you have a big company that is like, oh, we could use this ape, this giant ape as advertising. That felt very.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It was kind of cool to see that there, Um, and. What was the last thing I was going to say? I'm sorry. Um I lost it. But yeah, I I do think even like the the meta thing about the main guy, the director not understanding the message of Wilson is very funny and feels very like the original Kong, like Carl Denham not understanding what a piece of shit the the mm-hmm. the could Cooper, not understanding what a piece of shit denim looked like, is very funny. Um, But I do think that the director in this did get that Wilson was bad. He just didn't take the lesson. But Mm. I want to hear, Bartow, your...
1: Yeah. Uh, So, I don't disagree that, like, maybe even they were trying to make the oil executives and the, like the naked like corruption around extraction um look bad you know Uh, i and and particularly in the first like third they were pretty successful at it they you know like they they walk on to that beautiful island and then right away they're like yeah should we start blowing it up um mm-hmm. which is like an insane yeah. thing to do when you look yeah. at like this beautiful and picturesque beach, you know. And
2: then they're they're spying in on this uncontacted tribe of people who was completely unknown to the world and they're doing this, you know, seemingly sacred ritual and they're just they're focused on like, ooh, look at that pool of is that is that oil out yeah. right yeah. there? Is that oil? Yeah, it's like, goddamn! Just as a viewer knowing it's fake, I was still like, "Oh man, I love watching this. This is this is so <laughs> totally. cool to watch." Yeah, Com-
1: but completely absurd. You know, like I, I one hundred percent agree. That's all completely absurd. But then Jack, when they get off the island, um, immediately decides to help the the company. Uh, you know, he has a he has some scruples about it but immediately is like yeah i'll be your monkey trainer for your big oil advertisement that you're going to do you know he uh later says i'm backing out but that was before he or after he rolled over on his principles like then again my my big thesis of this movie is that you know at at it is it is a movie about him trying to have duan and failing over and over and over again. And I think that's just whether the director intended it or not. To me, it feels like they're saying, yeah, you hippie environmentalist, lipped, limp, dicked loser. Like, you know, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is not, you know, uh, uh, this thing you're doing is not cool and it won't work. I don't know exactly what to make of that um, uh, giant gas pump that contained Kong <laughs> rolling forward, but this g- this giant totemic structure. I didn't, I, but it
0: <laughs> all I saw was was that what it was? It was supposed to be a gas tank? Yeah, it's
2: a big gas pump, and then it opens up and it's Kong in a cage. It, but it, um, which what? I thought was I, just supposed to be. Just, like, these fucking cheesy fucking weirdos who are only uh, interested in commercials who just, like, even they they have this the most amazing thing known to modern man, and they're still like, oh, let's put it in a gas pump. No, Would and, that be neat? Would and and that you're be right. Nasty?
1: It might have just been stupid. You know, it might have just been like, look how, like, truly uncreative what? all these people are. But... Mm-hmm.
0: And the they did say they were competing with the tiger in your tank ad. Mm -hmm. So if you have Kong in your
1: gas tank, right. It makes sense from, right. But it, it felt symbolic. Like we were looking at something more than the sum of its parts. Totally.
2: I mean, the thing about Jack being the trainer and him being okay with that, um, the direct or the, the commentary listened to agreed with you that that's one of the biggest plot holes, how, him and um, Dwan were so willing to go ahead with it, even though both of them supposedly care. But I kind of, I knew this was going to come up, but I kind of disagree because whether or not Jack is involved, the thing's going to go ahead. So it makes more sense for him to be sure that there's somebody there that actually cares about Kong. And if anything can be done, he'll, he's, there's actually someone there that can do something. Um, I mean, there's already I mean, going to be cops. Might as well be
1: us. I mean, yeah. I guess so I think I, that's just kind of false equivalence. I, I, um, I guess, but then why'd he back out of it in the end? You know, like because he's
2: this is all coming at him in real time. He's not sure what he's doing. He's he's also dealing with his own. Uh, feelings about the situation, doesn't know what's exactly right or wrong. This is all coming at him as we see it coming at him. It's not like he's, he's, he's I mean, life is happens, you don't have time to mull <laughs> over everything, and and you, you, I, you, you, you I, have I, other decisions. You realize sometimes you made wrong decisions or made correct decisions. I think that's
0: a fair reading of a human reaction to something. I don't know that it's a fair reading of people deciding from scratch what to do with a movie like you have so much time to make characters you want i don't i can't buy that this is like you know what like that this movie was like you know what let's look really hard at the psychological implications of a situation where an ape academic ends up with a giant ape and the gat oil industry and she loves this girl like it just I, I think it would be I guess I shouldn't say it's unfair. I think it'd be fair to read that. I can't see it. I can't see this film as taking seriously these characters that hard because of all the things they do that don't feel like they take care of the characters that hard or take into account their feel like this movie is so goofy and weird and feels so contradictory. I just can't be like that think that the writers are like oh man what would it really be like we got to make sure we portray what it would really be like it feels like they're trying to tell a big thematic story and these are the points they decided to make
1: yeah but maybe that's just me i i don't think it had anything to say about environmentalism at all except like every everything i mean except in like an incredibly nihilistic sense that like everything is like fucked up and corrupt and like that's just the way it is you know, like there's there's I, no solution. I, I'm not going <laughs> to.
0: I don't agree. I think it's just like critiquing. It's boring, but it's just critiquing rich money grubbing oil mm. execs while saying, oh, you should like this character more because she actually cares about animals and you should like this. Like the good guys care mm. about animals. The bad guys don't. Uh, the good guys care about the environment, the bad people don't. The good guys can see the like humanity and value in things that other people are commodifying.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's that part where they're talking about taking over the island and Jack's like, this isn't, I forgot what he says, this isn't 1870 or something like that. Like, you can't just go in and take an island. And then the Fred Wells is just like, yeah, well, I'll run it by the UN then. It's just like, yeah. yeah, fuck you. We have the power. We can take this fucking island from these people. When this other person's pointing out, like, the world's changed. We can't just do that. And, yeah, I don't know. I but feel then like Jack helps yes, them then do, do it by translating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's all over the place. I do think maybe we should start talking about the native folks because this is a whole other oh, kind of work God. we haven't even touched. If that works for y'all.
1: Yeah. Death. I'm going to try. Uh, This is the part I'm most freaked out about I'm talking about. I mean, I did not do research.
0: I think that the costumes of the Native folks look really cool. Mm -hmm. I do not know if they're problematic or super realistic or what. I have no idea. I doubt it, but I have no idea. I think it's interesting that, like, to me, this movie went from one where... Were they doing blackface in the first one? I can't remember, Charlie. Do you know? I feel like they didn't.
2: You know, I was assuming they did, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think they did. Yeah, I feel like we watched so many Godzilla movies with blackface yeah, that I kind I, of assumed,
0: but I feel I, like they not I feel like the
2: original didn't do blackface. But the long
0: and stor- short of it is they are depicting a native people, and I know they got the story from King Kong, this is what happens, but... The Native people are a stereotype of Natives as people who will steal our white women and who are extremely patriarchal. And in a way that it's like, to me, it feels like they are almost using it to take some of the patriarchy off of the white men. Like, oh, yeah, the guys in the ship were kind of fucked up. But look at these
2: guys
1: over here.
0: We're doing better, is how
2: it felt. Um, Not only steal our white women, but also willing to trade six of their women for one white woman. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the, uh, the audio commentary guy brings up how like they, they made some improvements on the original 1933 version, but inherently like a lot of this stuff is just going to be racist on the face. And like, unless you completely change
1: things, um, Really isn't. It's just going to be also some
0: worse things.
1: I think. Yeah. So the whole premise is we. There was this. There was a group of shipwrecked, presumably white people, with a blonde on it, who did get married off to Kong, and they found like a diary entry or something. Who does that? And so now the natives or the indigenous people in their present sacrifices to Kong have to put like blonde wigs on the the women that they're sacrificing. What? Because Yeah I completely missed that. Because
0: Yeah it's all it's it's not actually wigs, it's like grass.
1: But it's like yellow grass. Yeah. Because because black women are not good enough for Kong. You know, like I mean this is like you could go into like the devaluation of like black labor in America since, you know, slavery but up until the present time you could, you know, it's the same thing in um you could look at uh the like adult film industry like black women are paid paid like way less than white women uh in adult films and sex work and and you know uh stripping and all of that stuff like it it all kind of functions the same way but it's so weird to me used as like this is the fundamental premise of like why this movie takes place because king kong devalues the labor of black women more than white women
0: (laughs) that is a good point that is very true i also to me one of the most problematic points that the other film didn't have is that they have this guy jack who is a paleontologist who studies apes and presumably also other human things but we don't know but i'm gonna i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt says he studies indigenous peoples all over the place he's never heard of these people they ask him to interpret for them and he is like oh uh You're you're probably telling us we contaminated their magic and then he wants us to make a deal. Six of them for Dwan. Like basically the implication is that all native people are roughly the same. You can tell from their tone that they're worried about magic and like that this guy is an academic enough who studies some native people so he can translate roughly for all native people also i just think it's funny that the only thing jack ever says to them when he's communicating for them is no (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) to me that's extremely problematic it's it's this thing where they're not these aren't identified as a certain group of native people these are just native people full stop
2: yeah native people piggybacking on that when he's like Oh, we take away their. We took away their God, and a year from now they're all just gonna be drunk and lazy oh. or whatever. It's like that's a yeah. uh, real, um, real well, it's you know, like assumption.
0: Like you're making fun of this guy for thinking about like Cortez, but then you believe the same myths those people go for yes. to sort of like see, Indians are all drunk yeah. because we took away their gods and now all they can do is drink. It's like, that's not what happened. You took yeah. away their resources, you fucking assholes.
1: Um, oh.
2: I imagine that uh, that those people would actually in a year from now would be doing a lot better because they wouldn't have to worry as much about um, the wall and they could uh, <laughs> gather more resources um, from around their island. But... I guess... No, well. they're going to invent alcohol. They're going to discover alcohol. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to lose to that. Uh, they're just going to be depressed <laughs> and say, man, we don't have anyone to give our women to anymore. Uh, yeah. God damn it. I mean... We don't have anybody to be pretend to be blonde for. Oh, wait, yeah. we were doing it for
0: ourselves in the first place. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's rough.
1: I mean... So I read... Um, King Kong and the Ideology of Spectacle by Judith Maine. Um I also read King Kong and the White Woman by Gail Dines, but I'm referencing Judith Maine here. Um and I read I Am Legend by Richard <laughs> Matheson. Uh great book. Uh Maine basically makes the point that like she was talking about the the original King Kong movie, but sure. um that like using um like the lens to show people of color in this way as just like a spectacle is like kind of inherently racist and um particularly like in the context that like black people were part of film and entertainment largely to to for white people in the 30s I I would just say that like that could equally that could equally be applied to the 1976 version. Like there there's one other black person in this movie who makes like (sighs) there's like a really strange interaction that we have with him. Um, But otherwise, it's so
0: fucking weird.
1: I I don't know. I didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, at least. I ain't busting
0: my ass for no white company white man. Which, like, hell yeah, bro. Totally (laughs) fine. But then it's like, well, I guess you don't care. You're about to die then. It's like, (laughs) oh, shit. That's what I have written down. I don't don't know if that's exactly what you said. I mean,
2: yeah, it's a weird thing where it's like, he's pretty much right, but also, like, you think you'd understand that he's in a more unique position right now where there's a fucking giant ape, but also, uh, Uh, all yeah. Jeff kind of is also painted as stupid that he doesn't know what's going on, and yeah, the film
0: is telling us that that mentality will get you killed, and it's stupid and not well thought out.
1: Right, and and that sort of was one of my other like, oh, there's no real critique of like this corporate greed bullshit at all going mm. on in here like the the one guy who's like i don't like my job very much they're like you're a stupid yeah. idiot you're going to get us all yeah. killed
0: <laughs> i i have problems with the people who are oppressing us and causing all the problems here well you're fucking dumb yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That also was so the weird. same exact people that that jack has a problem with um, yes
0: yes
1: but, jack's now defending yeah yes.
0: yeah <laughs> so interesting
1: it's crazy i don't um, know i think this movie is i'm sorry to just keep going back to how crazy this movie has made me feel
0: and it it, i mean it feels like a typical li- liberal movie where they want to make a movie that's anti-greed, anti-environmental, but they aren't doing the analysis to look inward at their own problems. And so they put the things they hate in, or are saying they hate in it all over the place. They put misogyny all over the place. Like a great example is, um, you know, Kong's stage is supposed to be a joke about patriotism and show business and like, there's the American flags fucking everywhere as every as he's about to – and the guy goes, oh, you can't break that cage. And he does. It's supposed to be a joke about the Americans. But also, if you point out the Americans are white and that you don't want to do cheap labor for them, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, just... what, one thing I want to point out, I don't know where it fits, but I was really – intrigued by the line where Dwan says to Kong, you're just going to America to be a star. Like, I think Dwan from that line, she's trying to make him feel better because he's held captive and he's not in control of his own life and he's only there because of his body and I think she identifies with that. And I think she's starting to realize that she is only on that yacht because of her body and because of misogyny and because of all these problems. And she's only maybe going to be a star because of, you know, we know she knows that the way, like, yeah. the, just the way the film treats her. And so I, I do think it's interesting. Like it's weird. Cause it's like every once in a while the film gets it. Like, I think that mm. line is really a lot,
1: yeah but it doesn't get I, it. That sounds <laughs> like a much deeper say- movie than this, the rest of this is. <laughs>
2: But And it's from the movie. Yeah, no, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Although I, 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 I think maybe not necessarily that line, I guess she's saying anything to say to Kong. So that line is more directed to her herself, but also an umbrella sure. to Kong. But mostly she's talking to herself there. But it's still the general same thing you're saying. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and it's
0: like Yeah, I mean, I I think there's they're trying to do some interesting stuff with that. Kong has a crown, but he's in a cage. Like, it's a weird... They're playing with juxtapositions, right? Mm. Like, a king is the opposite of someone in prison, but he's both. And they're playing with that stuff. It's just they're also just throwing shit everywhere. And sorry, I'm way off the rails. I don't know if we have, like, a spot we're on. But, like... no. I I do.
2: Good movie. I was going to say
0: this earlier, Charlie, and I forgot. You brought up something um, that you think it works that they replaced Carl Denham trying to make a movie with an oil guy. And I totally think that works thematically and could work. But I do think it doesn't work sometimes plot wise. Like. Carl Denham wanting this all to be a show makes it make sense that Anne Darrow is on the island because mm-hmm. the whole point is it's this weird spectacle but when it's an oil tycoon, why is he making Jack and and like her part of the landing party We know why because it it you want the main characters on there but it doesn't I, in the first movie it feels right.
2: I mean Jack makes sense kind of. Because this is also about how important Bikki is, so he would want photography of that. But you would also think that he would already have a photographer if that was the case. And
0: make the um, spy stow away your photographer?
2: <laughs> That's crazy! Well, he knows he's not a spy at that point. He knows he was actually a, a ape professor, but still. Um, but he was a ape professor
0: spy. He was secretly in the meeting. He was getting classified documents from that, like... Mm-hmm. Or not classified documents, but he'd been spying on them, and he snuck on board, and then he's like,
2: I know how I can use you, make you very integral to the whole project. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if um, being photographed was that important to him, then he would have just had somebody else in the crew uh, use a camera. (laughs) Totally. Or hired a specific photographer. Um, It,
0: It. Felt, i'm watching star trek voyager right now and it felt very much like that we're like we have these quirky characters we want to be there all the time so we'll just send the captain down to the planet every time and it's like that's not realistic i have to roll my eyes it felt a lot like that yeah wasn't one of the actors in this
2: uh star trek actor which one i don't remember i remember them but i remember them mentioning in the commentary that one of them uh oh
1: oh it's odo oh it's odo it's, you're it's right. Holy shit! Thanks, Charlie. It's it. It's a weird fascist. Who wait? Who does he play? Bagley. Badly- Badly? Oh, it's the like the other like oil guy mm-hmm. who wears the like he wears the cabana the hat. The scientists and... who gets drunk and scientist. is like, "Ha, it'll
0: be oil in ten thousand years." Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Amazing! I love that. That's Odo. He's mm-hmm. great. Thank you for yeah. saying that. Hell yeah!
2: Yeah. Are also, any Death Wish three fans out there? Um, the do nothing cop is the, uh, guy who like operates the radar on the, um, the, like the landing party that goes to chase after Kong. Uh, hell yeah. Death Wish 3, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, also one of the most right wing movies ever made. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) An amazing movie.
0: I... I don't have much more thematic stuff to say. I did just want to talk about the effects in general. We talked about his expressions and how great they are. Um, mm. I I know it's weird to compare, but, like, man, I really miss the
2: dinosaurs and shit in this. Yeah. Like, Oh, God. How is this the biggest budget movie ever at this point? And they just throw in one non-Kong snake. creature. Snake. Like, how? Yeah. That's like the and best part of the original King Kong is that the, that the island has all these other fucking primitive yeah. creatures on it. And it looks like um, shit. The I, snake
1: looks like shit. It's terrible.
2: I, I will
0: say not having the dinosaurs and skull crawlers and shit fixes a big plot hole you brought up that I never thought of charlie from the original where you're like why are they trying to get this ape they found dinosaurs like why are <laughs> yeah. they like, trying to bring the dinosaurs back for money and that's like the best point ever yeah. and this one it's like well i get why they're trying to bring kong back
2: <laughs> yeah one of the funniest moments in my opinion movie history is when guy, i don't remember the exact quote but when they're they're on like the scavenger team going after kong and they're like Oh, a a Triceratops or something like that. And there's like no surprise or (laughs) there's like a dinosaur running at them and they're like, Oh, look at that. Let's shoot it. (laughs) Totally. Um, uh, Apparently there was supposed to be one scene where a dinosaur like attacks the party here, but, uh, it was supposed to be animated and like Dino couldn't lock down an animator or something. And, um, So when they were in the whole legal battle with Universal trying to sue them, and he felt like they had to get the movie out first, so they moved up production, he put out ads saying, this movie will be out by um, Christmas 76. And so they were bound to that 76 date, even when the legal... This will be
0: the biggest oil strike in history.
2: (laughs) Even when the the legal challenges uh, to them dropped, they were still bound to that date of Christmas 76. So... Yeah, they had this other scene that they wanted to do with dinosaurs attacking um, the crew, but he wanted animated. They couldn't lock down an animator, and it was just, like, getting to be too much, so they cut it from the script. But even then, I don't know. It's fucking... It's a King Kong. You should have, like, three or four fucking other creatures other than Kong.
0: But don't go the other way and do the fucking... uh... Peter Jackson one where it's way too many. Um, I haven't seen that one, but,
2: but I think I like that.
0: <laughs> effects wise, like I liked that they did the homage to the original with the log and and stuff, and mm. it looked good when he was shaking the log. But the dudes falling off the log looked even worse than the 1933 movie. Like it's yeah. mind boggling to me. They looked worse.
2: I, I thought all the blue screen stuff in this looked. Horrible. There, there
1: were a yeah. couple yeah. shots where, like, she's in his hand and her his face is, you know, in the background that, like, looked okay. I
2: I agree. Oh, some of those are blue screen, but some of them were also like, um, it was like a perspective like over Rick Baker's shoulder and then the mechanical hand holding her. Sure, uh, yeah, but the ones going uh, the other way, it's not. There are a couple that looked fine, but even then, some of those were like. I know. In one, she like reaches out to pat his nose, but she's actually in the hand like way far away, so it just looks like she's like petting air. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So even then, they. I yeah, don't know a lot I, of bungles. I I was I was amazed at how bad the blue screen stuff looked throughout this. Um. Because they had blue shadows on them like you could really see yeah, it on some I, shots. I do not understand how. This movie is so big budget. This is something they had Hollywood has been doing for decades at this point and doing some pretty good renditions of and they just it looks horrible. They spent all their money on a Gundam, dude. Like <laughs> the- That's a problem I would love to have <laughs> not having money for stuff because I spent it all on a Gundam. I <laughs> uh,
0: the the shot I'm assuming the the time we see the giant robot that they actually made is the shot when King Kong escapes in the American flag place and he's just standing there because I only remember one shot where I was like, why are they suddenly I, the, using a two, giant
1: statue? There's two. Okay, they're perplexing as fuck. Yeah, yeah th- Throughout most of that
2: that scene, um, when he's not like super moving, that that scene with the the, the big display in New York, um,
1: that's mostly the robot. Uh, okay.
2: What was the other scene? What was the other thing, Barta?
1: Oh, I just thought there were just two different camera angles in that that showed the robot, okay. but maybe there were more mm. and I, I just missed them. But Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's amazing how they were just like, yeah, we don't need you, Rick Baker, unbeknownst to be us now, but one of the greatest special effects arts of all time. We have this fucking 40 foot robot. Um, like, just yeah. incredible that the Schubert's there and the Rick Baker's like, you're fucking insane if you think you can do this movie with a 40 foot well, robot. And like, no, yeah. you don't know what you're t- You're 25. You're barely in this the, business. The <laughs> other thing is
1: that, you know, they made these mechanical hands that apparently, you know, um, were just like absolutely fucking up Jessica Lange. You know, just like <laughs> she was, was just it. getting punched. But, you know, like that scene where he's trying to like mess with her dress with her fingers, like, he, she got, like, hit in the head with one of these mechanical fingers oh really hard. She was all bruised I, up from, like... I
2: I think that was the... Maybe I'm misremembering. I think that was the only time. Not that that makes it okay, but, um...
1: Oh, I, I read some article that implied that, like... Okay,
2: maybe it, maybe it was more. That it, but, yeah, I remember them pointing out one where, like, fucking knocked her in the head
1: and pinched a nerve. Yeah.
0: More meta shit of them not understanding yes. their own supposed lessons. Yeah. Like... Yeah.
1: Yeah, the article I was reading had sort of latent anti-Italian racism, which is okay, I guess, you know, but uh just sort of implying great, that actually. like they they're trying to make these hands move and just off camera you just there's all this like Italian cursing as they're like pulling all these <laughs> hydraulic levers trying to make these hands do gentle movements and just wasn't fucking working.
2: I have to say, um, Rimbaldi is like a special effects legend. He's not one of my favorites, but I still really like him. Uh, and it was really disappointing listening to all this stuff about this movie being made and how Rick Baker just completely outshone him left and right. Um, uh Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very, very disappointing. <laughs> As far as the effects,
0: I just have to say, like, again, I think it's okay to compare this movie to the original because it's what they were basing it off of and trying to remake. And, like, in the original, the New York scene, it's possibly the most iconic movie scene of all time. Mm-hmm. Probably is. And this one is nothing. Yeah. It is nothing at all. It is – like, they don't even do – like, he jumps – from one fucking tower to the other. And they don't even get like a profile shot of how cool that looks in silhouette. Like it's just
1: mind boggling to me. Felt like I actually that was another thing I rewatched this morning because like last night I was like did I fall asleep during the end too? Because it feels like I missed something. And so I rewatched it again. I'm like oh no it's just it was completely ham-fisted. Like, they, it just felt yeah. like they were like, oh, we got to finish this movie. Let's get a couple couple shots in. And then... But, yeah, they just, like, missed like, everything.
0: They missed... There was a good part where Kong threw a an exploding barrel. Who knows why it was on the roof? But he <laughs> threw it, and it exploded, and Jack cheered. That's the best action section of the movie, that one little yeah. part. And it's nonsense like the original he's swatting planes out of the air and this time there's helicopters and it's like they're so shitty compared to it and there's just dudes with flamethrowers and two of them are doing nothing like it's so boring
2: yeah the reason why um the jet fuel was able to melt the steel beams is because of all the barrels uh of um <laughs> explosive fuel they had on top of the twin towers you
1: solved it charles
2: thank you yeah, well, the, the, the back to those flamethrowers, though, like, I was very confused by that, because, like, the general or whatever, who was in charge of the military operation, he was like, what are those guys doing up there? So were, the, were these rogue flamethrower <laughs> guys? Like, what was happening? Why did they throw that part in there? Because obviously they're trying to say that they just... We're reneging on, you know, the deal they made with Jack about not hurting Kong, but then the the guy who was in charge of the operation was surprised yeah. that these guys were flamethrowers. Like, I, I, that made no sense.
1: Very strange.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. I do think some... Okay, I, I lied about the barrel. I do think that some of the going through the city is kind of cool, like... Smashing those miniatures is kind of cool. I do like that think they the do some cool. OG Kong and OG Godzilla references. Like the Kong one is when he reaches into the subway car and it's the wrong mm. woman and he tosses her aside. Yeah. It's not Duan mm. or Andero. And the Godzilla one is him picking up the um, the subway, but it's up on a on a like bridge thing. Like I liked that. I liked him casually stomping people and stuff like that. I don't get why like. You know, he breaks through the wall and he just falls. Last time, that was a whole action scene, but whatever. I um, some of it looked kind of cool, but it's just so few and far between.
2: I assume you're asking why he just falls in the context of uh, the filmmakers, right?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know
2: that they did the chloroform. I'm like. Yeah, oh, you okay. got
0: this, you not, don't have dinosaurs, but you have all these actors mm. and you have now this chance for him to do the scene where he kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want to kill a bunch of natives and maybe they shouldn't have made the natives look so fucking bad, but you also could have killed his guys. Who cares? Nothing. That one was an awesome scene in the original. There's like people throwing spears mm. that go into him. And you're like, I don't even know how they did that with stop mate, stop, uh, that- motion.
2: And in this, it's just like he falls into a pit. Yeah, that scene is also super weird because when they come back to build the trap and like open the door and everything, there's no natives around, but then all of a sudden they all come and run out and it's just like, what, I, 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 what? Like these people are just like, where
0: were they? I literally wrote down, where um, are the natives? Oh, I must have missed something. Well, they got scared off
1: (laughs) by the guns and the fireworks Uh by the 4th of July. And like, came back uh, just the, in but time. But then
2: they felt it was okay when those people who made all that Fourth of July stuff happen are still standing there. But um, right, yeah. It's also that that's one of the scenes that was is the most one of the most well done best scenes in the movie. It was him breaking through that wall, and that yeah. was done so well, it looked so good. And I mean, him falling in the pit and him like trying to get out of the pit was so good. But like, there's so much lacking right there where that should still like be one of the biggest parts of the movie like something in between him falling into the pit and him breaking through the door because those two parts are amazing but it shouldn't just be those two parts totally
0: i also gotta say that the line i don't know where i've seen this view before Oh God! I'm having deja vu of one of the most photographed buildings in the history of the modern era. <laughs> yeah, is insane. Oh, I, what is this? Maybe it's those rocks. Like, maybe if it went the other way, those rocks looked like the fucking twin towers. Maybe, but this was just bananas.
2: It, it's Monkey also joke. insane. The idea that oh, there's two uh, large rock columns on Skull Island. Obviously, Kong is going to go straight towards the uh, Twin Towers. Like, yeah, I, I'm so assured of this. I'm going to call the fucking uh, uh, mayor of New York and tell him I know exactly where Kong's going. No doubts yeah. about it. He's going to the Twin Towers because there are two rock columns on Skull Island. <laughs> yep, the, One of the dumbest fucking story points, in my opinion.
0: Before I move on to awards, I got to ask y'all, of the two 70s mainstream kaiju movies that have monsters on top of the World Trade Center on the posters, which which one wins for y'all?
2: Oh, I don't even remember the name of the movie, but the Godzilla won no competition. Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Megalon. Yeah, Megalon. Okay, Megalon.
1: And that's
0: considered one of the worst Godzilla movies yeah. ever. It,
1: it is one of the worst and way better. <gasps> Way better. Way less it's psychic just, damage I mean, one, than whatever this fun. just did. It, me. Yeah.
2: This this movie just is is boring. Like I it's, feel like it <laughs> could be fun if they had cut forty minutes out of it. Even yeah, yeah. like even if whatever politics you wanna read into it, it could still have been fun, like um but nope. They, they they wanted to be this big kind of like serious fucking thing.
1: And uh It's just miserable right, yeah, to sit yeah, you through. Gotta, what? It's just miserable to sit through. Just yeah, like, just... I
2: cannot imagine the three-hour version.
0: And the the nineteen thirty-three movie, the ninety-year-old movie, has way better pacing than this. Oh my god! And I get a lot of people I saw in Letterboxd are like, "Well, that's a action movie, and this is supposed to be a drama." Well, then you failed <laughs> because yeah. it's not dramatic in the right ways i don't care about what happens to the characters i don't give a fuck if jack and dwan get together i could not care less i just don't want them near me
2: um i let me do a comparison rick baker so we talked about how jack um you know I brought up how maybe he'd want to still be involved with the show, even though he knows it's morally wrong. Uh, cause therefore he would be, you would have at least some amount of control over how, um, Kong is treated. Sure. Mick Baker was originally not going to do the movie cause, uh, apparently the filmmakers were not, they did not think the original King Kong was a good movie. Um, they did not want to do a remake of King Kong. They wanted to do... So the original concept of the movie was disaster movies were huge at this time. Um, this director had done The Tower Inferno. And Dino was like, well, shit, there's no other... All the good disaster, uh, uh, environmental disasters have been taken. Well, f- fuck, let's do a monster. What about King Kong? So that's how the idea of King Kong came. They... It wasn't out of the love of the original King Kong movie. and when so it's just Baker like Godzilla went, 1998. is exactly the same yeah. thing. You mean Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, Rick Baker, when he was originally like asked to do the projects, like, he heard all these people saying, like, oh, no, the original King Kong sucks. This isn't about the original King Kong. He's like, I don't want to do it. But then he was like, because he loves King Kong, just absolutely loved King Kong. And Then, then he kind of had the second thought of, well, maybe it'll be good to have someone on set who can kind of direct them into the right um, avenue towards uh, the original King Kong. Uh, Which she did to some extent, considering that uh, they originally wanted a man monkey instead of a gorilla. And he chose the gorilla and the 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 face mask and stuff but i mean uh, it's not quite a gorilla
0: yeah. but i get what you mean it's gr- it's more gorilla like it's not supposed yeah, to be half human
2: yeah he wanted to do an actual gorilla they wanted to do like a man monkey hybrid and he did as much of a gorilla as he could
0: which i for the
2: record humanoid
0: body stance kong is way better than pure gorilla kong what well, he actually
2: sure. wanted to do um walking on all fours like a gorilla. Yeah and, yeah. and the director wanted him to do on um Completely Upright and I guess I think this is a compromise where it's not always completely upright but it's definitely not like a gorilla. I, I love that
0: after all this fighting and compromising they just made ah. Kong how Kong was in the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it that is a good choice. Like Peter Jackson's Kong does not feel like King Kong to me. It's just a gorilla. You know.
1: Oh is he on all fours for the, like the whole movie? He's... Great gorilla. Oh, that's Just a so big gorilla.
0: Yeah, and it does not work as well, in my opinion. I do think they got that right in this one. Mighty
1: Joe yeah. Young is right there. Let's just watch yeah. that instead.
2: We do need to watch Mighty Joe Young. That, that's made by the original Kong director, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. And has uh, special effects guys we like on it. Wait, what? The original Mighty Joe Young is the follow up
0: to Son of Kong by those, the people who made King Kong. It's what by the FX hell! Team. I didn't
1: realize that there was an old Mighty Joe Young. I just knew oh, the 1998 yeah, 19... like movie.
0: <laughs> What's his name? Um, Willis O'Brien, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. This yeah, is can, such a silly movie. We consider movie.
2: doing it because it's basically the next Kong movie. Uh, oh directed by Ernest B. Shodzak, um from Original Story by Marion C. Cooper. Those are the two people that, that directed the
1: first Kong movie.
2: Yeah. Technical creator, Willis O'Brien. There you go.
1: Oh, I wish we'd watched this movie instead of... King Kong, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, we
0: we should have watched that one already. But anyway, do y'all do y'all want to get to our our awards and closing it
2: up? There's a couple random facts I want to throw in there. Should I do that now or? Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jeff um, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> he uh, pitched. He he was a big fan of King Kong as a kid. Um, it was like one of the first movies he ever saw, and he, he loved it as a kid. So that's one of the reasons why he wanted to sign on the movie because he was just like. Holy shit, King Kong! But um, he pitched a sequel to Dino, uh, in which Kong was actually discovered to be a robot sent to Earth by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Hell which yeah! Would have been fucking awesome. Like, yes. Like, I feel like that's said as like a joke. Like, what a ridiculous concept! And I'm like, that's like, that's a fucking kaiju movie. You that's could just make a that movie
1: without it being racist.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's like a classic kaiju uh, script. Yeah, but but uh, Rick Baker still has calluses on the inside of his eyelids from the the contacts that he wore uh, for King Kong. <laughs> Worth he, it. He goes into a huge thing talking about the contacts where this guy was like, "Okay, you'll only be able to wear these like for two hours at a time." Uh, but they should be okay. And he put them in at, at after two minutes. He's like, "This is the most painful fucking thing I've ever felt." And the the doctor is like, Uh, oh, you're just like a complaining actor." Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus,
0: and he's uh, just uh, a piece of meat
2: getting ready to be famous. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he talks about how because he's a great special effects artist and. People always complain to him about, like, the makeup and stuff that he does. And he's like, oh, trust me. I understand. I've been there. <laughs> I was King Kong. Totally. Uh, he was also, during the, the final Twin Tower scene, a two-by-four fell on him and hit hit his shoulder. And he was, like, in a lot of pain for a couple days. But then he got over it. And then a couple years later, he got an x-ray and apparently had broken his uh, collarbone. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. There are also it. times where... <laughs> <laughs> Where he was afraid of drowning because of uh, the water weight from uh, going through the water and stuff. But he was ultimately okay. And he lost like five pounds a day from the water weight of sweating in the suit.
1: Worth it. Um, Damn.
2: Fred Wilson, when he gets stomped, originally it was just supposed to be that the uh, you see the footprint and it's just his safari hat. So he survives and then he gets fired by the executive uh, by the oil executive, but test audiences hated that, so they changed it to him being killed in the stomp. Fuck yeah. Okay, I'll give test audiences that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Dwan was originally, when she, when Kong is in the tank on the boat, when Dwan is put in between his legs, originally she's supposed to make a comment about his dick size, but she refused to do it. So they cut it out.
0: <laughs> you, y'all at home can't tell that Barto's making some, like, victory <laughs> poses and brain-melting poses. Yeah, that that plays right
2: into the uh, weird cuckold shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Bergman visited this set when they were doing the ritual scene, Igmar <laughs> Bergman. Um, okay. Yeah, because he was also making a movie with Dino and he was very impressed by it, but he commented like, just for the cost of this alone, I can make like a dozen movies, which I I would definitely prefer a dozen more Ingmar Bergman movies to
1: uh, this movie. I do want to say that I didn't say this and I meant to say this earlier, as much as I find the... uh, scene where they're doing the ritual kind of like inherently racist and repugnant it is quite the spectacle it is it is really well choreographed and like really well done that's Uh, something
2: i always have a problem with in these kaiju movies is whenever we do the native scenes like it's always there's always an inherent amount of racism to it, but it's also always like one of the greatest uh, set pieces of the movie where it just looks incredible, sounds incredible and it's fantastic. I'm like, oh, is it problematic that I like it this much? It's, it is. They are good in general, in to be liking racism. things is problematic, so <laughs> good point um and barbara streisand was originally offered the role of dwan um and meryl streep auditioned for it cool wow. uh, yeah uh when they were filming the raft scene she was the raft she was in was being circled by sharks and they did not alert her to that fact oh my because,
1: god is <laughs> not that they we're just keep to take home i guess
0: yeah. All the parallels between the making of this and this just keep coming.
1: It's almost becoming good, just like how meta it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. I guess the commentator who's written a book on um, all the, like the King Kong adaptations, he's just like a King Kong scholar, he says the 2005 movie was the first time they they actually mentioned Skull Island on film. Is that true? Have they not mentioned Skull Island in the? I thought There's they mentioned movies. Skull Island
1: in this one. No, they didn't.
2: Oh, they, they said mentioned something, something about, about it like looking like a skull. Oh, yeah. like, they, they mentioned like the beach looking like a skull or something like that in one yeah. of the old kind of like journal entries.
1: Yeah, I guess they didn't say Skull Island, you're right. Wild. There was a the valleys that they filmed
2: some of this in were supposed to be uninhabited, but there is a hippie commune and they agreed to help carry supplies and cameras and in uh, exchange for lunch but then after lunch they all just uh, disappeared to go smoke weed
0: <laughs> hell, <laughs> hell as, yeah as
2: the person in the commentary said you know like hippies do <laughs> <gasps> um, hell yeah okay sorry I think that's
0: enough fuck yeah well, do y'all want to do some awards for uh, Dwan of the Planet of the Apes yeah alright dumb cop of the week
2: um We're going to have Rabbit go first on this one. Uh, Sure. Oh, cool. Uh, I was really torn
0: because, as you know, I love to award it to a helicopter plane that flies too close to a beast, but I'm going to give it to the guy who said, we got the Queensboro bridge all buttoned up when they have like <laughs> two or three cop cars there and some fucking handguns.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, Kong is here. Nothing is buttoned up, sir. <laughs> who did you say before that? Who you almost gave it to the helicopter that flew right at Kong. <laughs>
1: I assumed that's what you were going to pick. Was I saw that helicopter go down. Wow. Barf is calling you predictable, Rabbit. And I thought... Oh, that's... I am. I'm am proud yeah. for that to
0: be my badge. I was like, well, I have to, but buttoned up got a laugh
2: out of me. So they said that the, uh, the container, the cage holding Kong, when they do the New York presentation, was approved by the New York government. Yeah, The secretary, I, I would blame the faulty, the fault that allows Kong to break through that on the Secretary of State of New York at the time, which was Mario
1: Cuomo. Cuomo. <laughs> so
2: Mario Cuomo is the dumb cop <laughs> of the <league>. nice. <laughs>
1: Very I, good. I, I really liked that line because it... Uh, he said it was an escape-proof cage, which I thought should be standard for all cages. Yeah, but <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it's one of the uh, inherent uh, qualities of a cage. <laughs> we had this great idea to make cages escape-proof for once.
1: <laughs> you know, and and this one, you know, it's not funny. This is sort of my my go-to when I when I don't write down a dumb cop, but. I'm going to go with Fred Wilson for uh, uh, being, like, a cocky, misogynist bastard, which is just cop behavior to me. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: who are we giving the Praxis Award to this time,
1: gentlemen? I got Kong. Yeah. I can't. He's... I mean, Jack... He was maybe good well-intentioned but just folded over and over and over (laughs) again kong was the only one who was committed to any sort of principle at all
2: and and going on that jack thing the amount of stupidity where he's like all right i made a deal with them that they're not going to hurt kong because i said it over the phone and they just said okay sure very very stupid of him be like okay I have the authority's word I have the military's word the mayor's word they're not gonna hurt Kong um so I told him exactly where he's gonna be but anyways yeah Kong constantly uh sh- saving um Dwan uh also assaulting yeah but also you know you, you say that but he's also an ape who concept of assault doesn't mean anything to him? i guess i don't know yeah I it mean, feels weird saying praxis, that, but...
0: but you can pick certain actions you're giving him the award for and be like these other ones <laughs> yes. aren't part- you know what i mean <laughs> but like stomping I mean... stomping Stomp fred wilson is pretty cool yeah
1: absolutely yes. ruining um, an advertisement for a oil company pretty cool hell uh, yeah
2: saving her from the snake also and also um When, uh, at the end, when she's like, you need to keep holding me so they won't, they won't try to hurt you. And he seems to understand be like, no, no, I put you in too much danger. True.
0: Um, there's a line where, uh, Fred Wilson is talking about some ideas. I forget what it was, uh, uh, to do with the oil company. And Jack says the kids would like, are you kidding me? The kids would burn down every Petrox station from Maine to California so, like, if he did that. So, I'm giving the practice award to those kids, wherever they yeah. are. Yeah.
1: Yes. Good answer. Although,
0: I'm tempted to give it to the hippies who said they'd move shit and then just smoked weed. <laughs> 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 Favorite shots? This is a rough one for me. Normally, I have, like, oh, yeah, I, at least this shot was good.
2: I don't know. I, I thought the the cinematographer on this was, um, was pretty good. Um, and... Uh, I mean, like to I be said, fair, like, we, my copy looked like dog shit. Like, that's, that's not their fault. So I thought there were lots of good shots, but my favorite was the um, hand coming up out of the fog, out of the chloroformed um, pit uh, when they were capturing Kong. I thought that just looked amazing.
1: I I thought there were a bunch of shots in the sequence where they're, they're delivering Dwan... To Kong that looked like really good, mm. they're really captivating. Yeah. Like, also like, again, gross in what it was doing. And then I also thought um, there were like Kong coming out of the forest for the first time. Yeah, looked cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is Kong. He actually looks pretty good. We might yeah. have a movie here, and then we didn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, those are great. I'm gonna give it to Kong like uh picking up the subway car. I loved the miniatures and the the vibe of that whole that whole area in that shot. That was cool.
1: Yeah, him wandering around the city a little bit was, was... Yeah. I, I watched some um documentary when I was like a little kid about the making of Jurassic park, I used to like watch everything about Jurassic park that I could possibly find. And Hell yeah. uh, they were just talking about kind of the history of special effects in it. And one of the, they had a shot from King Kong that from this movie that just like resonated in my head. And it was from that, that little section where, um, he's walking around downtown New York and, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that it like it looked as cool as like my little six year old brain remembered it being or what, however old I was, but yeah, cool sequence.
2: Fuck yeah! yeah. Now imagine it uh, being stretched by like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was amazed as reading like. The Blu ray.com forums, and like all these people are like, Holy shit, yes, the TV version. People are like, Yeah, I actually prefer the TV version. And (laughs) yeah, like the the original announcement of this disc coming out, like, has some of the most, like, excited approval I've ever seen on that. Um, And I I read (laughs) that that, that forum. I read through that forum a lot, and like, that's like when I was like, "Oh man, I need to get this movie when it comes out," and I did because people were like so fucking stoked on the website about this movie. Oh <laughs> and, like so many people, also were just stoked about the the, the TV it's cut being
1: included. It's
2: um, all people making money off that Blu-ray
1: film. <laughs> people stay losing is what is going on. <laughs> just wrong. all about right, everything.
0: Let's uh, let's wrap this up. How do y'all want to rate this? Uh, oh shit, we have a King Kong scale. I forgot. I forgot that too. Uh, for our listeners at home too, this is our King Kong scale. Uh, the lowest is an, uh, is an incel ape. That's like the equivalent of an F. Uh, D is can't peel banana. Man. <laughs> uh, C is Diddy Kong. B is dino suplex. A is Donkey Kong. And S, the best one, is giant fucking ape. So, what do y'all wanna
1: what do y'all wanna rate this? Okay, so this it's basically incel ape, but the the meta narrative of this film almost makes it can't peel banana. But this is genuinely one of my least favorite movie viewing experiences I've ever had. It's way up there. <laughs> Damn.
0: Um, I'll go next I feel like Charlie you might be the highest of us and that's a good one to end on um, I'm between Incel Ape and Can't Peel Banana but I'm going to land on Can't Peel Banana the effects are pretty cool and there's things there's potential here uh, so I'm going to give it a Can't Peel Banana
2: yeah after I watched this I I um, popped in Robert Altman's Popeye adaptation from 1980 and that is such a much better movie and so enjoyable. You have, I don't even like Robin Williams um, as much as most people, but you got Robin Williams being Popeye with some fucked up looking arms. You have an actress who's made to be olive oil, just born to be olive oil, nailing olive oil. You have a song about how everything's food. You have a giant <laughs> octopus who's... A, a, attacks them you have a psychic baby just it's an all-around amazing movie so i rate this uh, go watch popeye (laughs) um that was my original scale too though that was my original rating uh but now i remember we have a scale so i will say can't peel banana can watch popeye (laughs)
0: <laughs> sweet um charlie tell him one more time what we're covering next time we're gonna cover robert
2: allman's popeye from
1: 1980
2: <laughs> no uh, i just changed my mind um we are going to cover story of ricky or ricky o say hell yeah is Looking a classic, to it. is an insane classic movie that is one of my all well, time favorites it's so much fun I can't imagine anyone not liking this movie and there's some pretty uh at least surface level politics stuff involved so and if you're looking for
0: it it's R-I-K-I dash O-H mm-hmm Sweet. Well, thanks so much for listening. You can find us on any podcast app and give us a rating on there and a review if you're up for it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod. And you can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, you can respond to the actions of oil companies the way they fear we will.